This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. All right, well, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jared Pickney, and I'm joined as always with author, pastor, and friend, Brad Watson. Brad, how are you, man? Uh, I'm great. Yeah, I'm just staring down the last two weeks of life in Portland and crying like a baby in front of adults and all that stuff. But uh, it's good. I'm doing really well. How are you guys? Yeah, yeah, doing well, man, doing well. So I am uh, not only here with Brad, but I'm here with a very special guest, Adam Breckenridge, who's literally sitting right next to me. Um, and Adam is here to talk about the Enneagram and missional communities. And so, uh, Adam, I do want you to be able to answer, share how you're doing, but let me give you an introduction um, for those who are listening. Adam, for those who don't know, currently serves alongside me at Fellowship Paragold. Uh, where I, basically he serves as a pastor of membership and assimilation. And so uh, one of the reasons we brought Adam on is because he's quickly becoming kind of a resident expert in the Enneagram and uh, how God wants to use this as a tool for our spiritual formation. And so, Adam, so glad that you are here. Obviously, we go way back. Um, so why don't you share a little, a little bit about who you are and, and how you got to where you are right now? Yeah. Hey, thank you, uh, Jared and Brad, for letting me hang out with you guys today. Uh, so I grew up right here in Perigold, Arkansas, uh, with Jared, actually. Jared and I grew up together in the same church where his dad was also the pastor. So I actually have lots of stories on uh, Jared from our high school youth group days, but uh, they all incriminate me. <laughs> so I won't share those. But hey, man, when I was 18, uh, yeah, so I just a little bit about how I got to this spot. I had this... Um, Jared, you might remember, but this uh, this life-changing encounter with Jesus where I felt like God was calling me into ministry, and, and your dad was actually really instrumental in that for me and helped me process that. I mean, he gave me his pulpit and let me preach my first sermon when I was 18 years old, had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so after that, I w- went off to Bible college, and then uh, my wife, Carrie, who's also from Perigold, she and I moved to Kansas City in 2006 and went to seminary there, became part of a, a core team and helped plant this church where I pastored. And uh, and then after 10 years of, of life and ministry in the Midwest, I get a phone call from my old buddy, Jared, asking me to pray about uh, the possibility of coming back home and being a part of what God's mm-hmm. doing in and through Fellowship Paragold. And um, the crazy thing is we're coming up on a year anniversary of moving back. Uh, so we moved back home uh, in August of last year, and we love it, man. It's fun to raise our three daughters uh, in the city where we grew up and getting to live on mission and make disciples in my hometown. And then uh, love our pastoral team, and love what I get to do on our team. So uh, like Jared said, I get to uh, I get to oversee our assimilation and membership. So Basically, I get to help people come into our church and move from guests to family. And then I get to focus on helping our family and our members grow up and uh, grow and and spiritually mature into the image of Jesus and into the men and women that God made them to be. And um, so we've discovered that the Enneagram is a very helpful resource to that end. 
very helpful for spiritual formation. It's, it's one of the primary uh, tools I use for myself to help me grow. And it's one of the primary tools that we use as a church with our leaders and our uh, missional communities. Excellent, man. Uh, Brad, if you I know, obviously, me and Adam talked a lot about Enneagram and you and I have some, but not a lot. How did you come across the Enneagram? And I'd be interested to hear more of your thoughts on it. Yeah, I love hearing your story, Adam. I first got connected to the Enneagram when we were hosting uh, the Bergman, CJ and Renee, they're planting a Soma church mm-hmm. in the heart of San Francisco. And they were up in Brenwine for just a weekend, kind of getting some spiritual rest and, you know, time with us. And uh, they, you know, in one conversation, both leaned in like close to us. And they said, have you ever taken the Enneagram? <laughs> yeah. And we're like, I don't, we don't know like what you're talking about. Like this sounds like something from the Da Vinci code, you know, and like, I'm, I'm not really into that stuff. My wife and I grew up in, you know, Catholic Europe. We're like, Hey, we're not really like into these things. And like, it's the greatest thing you, it's like, it's like not, you can't even describe it as a personality test because it's all like, that's not what it is. And then you saw the symbol and realized (laughs) it was like, yeah, yeah. Like it was a cult. Cult, yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah, like, okay, so it really is a cult. And that was the first time I really heard about it. And, you know, they hung out with all of our elders. And so a few took it, got really into it, you know, listened to the liturgist podcast about it, took mm-hmm. the free test on their phones and all that stuff. That, that stuff and uh all the while i kept thinking like man do we really need another one of these things you know um sure. do we need Meyer? like now we have myers briggs strengths finders we're gonna add this other new thing into it uh and i really so i didn't really think about it very much i saw the descriptions of of the numbers so there's you know nine numbers and hopefully adam you'll you'll do a better job explaining it to, to, to the to all the listeners out there but there's you know essentially nine types of people or uh numbers and i just looked at the list and i was like oh i know that i'm a number three you know mm-hmm. it's the the number i think that the nickname for it is yep. the best person uh and so i looked i was like well that's why are people even taking tests you just like look at this and you say what you are and and but then you know fast forward a few months and i was in doing some spiritual direction my wife and i as we were preparing for this transition to los angeles and got to sit down uh, with Jim Cofield, who's a, yeah, wrote a really wonderful book with uh, Richard Plass called The Relational Soul, and they worked together. Um, Anyway, great ministry. And it was through that they had us take the the test, like a real extensive version. And and just that, that process of spiritual direction, my wife and I really got to see just sort of a gateway into I think how we've operated, especially in planting a church, leading missional communities, how we've related to other people in light of who we are as people, both in the positive ways and then what we do when we're being, you know, non-resourceful or, or the negative side. And I think that's when I really began to kind of see, man, this is like a really wonderful tool, unlike the others where you get to speak the gospel into someone's life. And, you know, the, I think one of the things we often miss is the the message of the gospel and the fruit of the gospel is that we get to have this relationship with God mm. and a restored relationship with one another. And that, you know, our theology of sin says that all that, that, that is broken. And I think so often we think that 
the message of the gospel is, well, now we have the new list of facts that everyone needs to believe mm-hmm. when really it's about us now coming into this posture of relating to God, um, the creator of the universe, who also intimately loves and, and desires um, our whole souls. And so I found it to be really helpful it's just sort of gateway into that. And so, yeah, that's why I like the Enneagram. I think um, even us as a saturate team uh, trying to create resources and coach and train, we found it really helpful. Um, and I also know uh, even within the Soma family of churches, this has become a great tool. I know they're, they're using it in yeah San Francisco and at Doxa at Jeff's church in Seattle, they're using it in Phoenix and all around. And so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a tool on its own, right. Apart from missional community. So I was just excited, Adam, to have you on as sort of a, a real expert, uh, who could sort of describe how this actually gets played out in a missional community environment. But, mm-hmm. but first, uh, what actually is the Enneagram? Oh man, that's a great question. Well, it's fun to hear. It's fun to hear your story too, brother. <clears throat> I'll tell you this. I encountered the Enneagram when I was going through a season in my life and ministry where I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and I did not know why. Um, I've always had anxiety in my life, but this was like, this had reached a ceiling. I mean, I, I, there was a point where I could not function well anymore. I was emotionally unhealthy, not fully present at home, overworking couldn't say no to, to people or things over busy, over committed. I mean, you know, so many people share that story. Um, but I just, I wasn't in a healthy spot emotionally, spiritually. I felt like God was distant and dry. I didn't understand why. Uh, and so it was in that season that my wife and I ended up, I took a four, four month sabbatical, uh, and we ended up doing a two day soul care intensive with Richard Plass and Jim Cofield, who you just mentioned. Um, and they, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, um, Rich said to me, he said two things. He said, before you come and do this intensive, I want you to, A, don't come unless you bring your wife, um, because you guys are a relational system and I want to, I want to work with both of you. And he said, don't come unless you first take the Enneagram. And, uh, kind of like you, Brad, I was, I was skeptical, uh, which I later discovered is typical of a six anyway, which is what I am on the on the Enneagram. Uh, but I was skeptical. I looked at this as like 200 questions and I just thought, man, you know, this, what is this really going to do for me? Um, but I, you know, swallowed my pride. I took the test and then I read about my personality type. And the best way I can explain it is I felt like Psalm 139 was true for me. I felt like the Holy Spirit was searching me and knowing me on a deep level. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had words to describe uh, my soul and, and understood immediately so much about myself and my life, um, why mm. I'm so anxious and, and how this is affecting my relationships with God and uh, with others and with myself. And so mm. that's to answer your question, what is the Enneagram? That's really what it is. It's a relational mm. tool. Um, I think it's really helpful. And I try to cast this vision for our people a lot. There really is no power in the Enneagram. Uh, all the powers in the gospel, Paul says in Romans one sixteen. The reason why the Enneagram is so helpful is because if you submit yourself to it, it is a it's a tool, it's a vehicle that the Holy Spirit will use to drive the gospel into the uncharted terrains of your soul. Uh, places where you've never been, places where you don't want to go, uh, places that where you don't know you're wounded and uh, and you carry all sorts of dysfunction and brokenness. And uh, that's the stuff that Jesus wants to bring to the surface and heal. 
Um, That's so good. Because the reality is all that stuff's affecting your relationships. Um, and so uh, I'll say this, the, the Enneagram is really, it's a, it's a tool that describes your personality in terms of who you are and how you relate. And that's the biggest difference hmm. in other personality tools, which are all fabulous and all helpful, I think. Um, but the Enneagram is trying to explain who you are relationally as, as someone made in the image of a relational God. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's built on this foundation that we are fundamentally relational souls. Like we long for intimacy and communion and connection. And then it's built on this other, which is a biblical foundation. Uh, right. And then it's built on this biblical reality that we are, uh, there's a relational disconnect in our souls. Hmm. And that relational disconnect manifests itself in three primary underlying emotions, which every human being deals with. And those are guilt, fear, and shame. Uh, and you see that show up immediately in Genesis chapter three, as soon as we fail to trust God and we become disconnected from God. And then immediately you see this emotional, relational, spiritual carnage, you know, mm -hmm. uh, this yeah. guilt and this fear and this shame, which, which keeps us disconnected from God. You see how that, mm -hmm. that, that hinders our relationships. Um, the first thing we do is we cover up. And so we project an image. The second thing we do is God comes and looks for us and we hide, right? Which is the first is shame. The second is fear. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing we do in the garden is God looks at Adam as the one who's particularly responsible for this. And he says, what did you do? And Adam blame shifts and self-justifies uh, like a good religious person. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and that's because he feels guilt. And so now yeah. that's, that's, that's destroying his relationship with his wife. You know, he throws her to the wrath of God. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, the Enneagram is trying to help you see really just what the Bible's telling you, that all that stuff lives in you. Um, mm -hmm. And so the Enneagram is trying to help you bring that to the surface. And, uh, so that Jesus can heal it. You know, one person said it's kind of like a spotlight that the Holy Spirit uses to shine into mm -hmm. your soul and, and see where that stuff is living. So you can apply the gospel there in really, really deep and rich ways. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes tons of sense. And I, and I love that that description of it. I think it's, yeah, it's just totally exactly what I've experienced, but not able to put into uh, such good words. Uh, so I guess uh, just sort of another question for you, Adam, is so um, it, it essentially, you know, like you said, it describes your personality mm -hmm. in terms of who you are and how you relate. What are those just sort of briefly those nine, you know, personality types, if you will, or, or those, yeah. you know, that is the Enneagram. I know that's that's hard to do briefly, but um, just yeah. to, to help people get a picture of this before we kind of switch to the, the missional community application. You bet, man. Yeah, and I'll try to be super brief. So yeah, there are nine basic personalities. Um, the, the early desert fathers, Christians actually used this personality theory uh, to help understand one another. And uh, they, they call this the nine faces of the soul, which is pretty uh, cool. Um, and uh, they thought they, the way they understood this is these nine personalities represent the fullness of God's personality. Um, and so that's the, that's the thing too, Brad, that's helpful is that the Enneagram is not just trying to tell you all the places where you're broken. Um, right. It's actually trying to introduce you to your true self and all of the unique mm -hmm. ways that you bear God's image. Uh, and then it's introducing you to your false self and all the unique ways you bear the effects of sin and the fall. 
And so um, there are nine personalities, uh, nine wonderful gifts and blessings that God's given to the world. Uh, uh, one is the good person. Um, and, uh, and so they're kind of the reformers. They want things to be done the right way. They have a strong moral compass Two is the helpers, the most loving relational person on the Enneagram. Um, they want to serve. They didn't come here to, uh, to be served, but to serve, uh, three is the effective person. They value excellence. They make great leaders, um, great leaders of movements. Four is the individual person. Um, very expressive, a, f- a phenomenal capacity for empathy, um, but uh, but but highly emotional, and that can be a very good thing. They feel things very deeply, and those are places for them to meet Jesus in deep ways. Uh, five is the wise person, um, and so they they uh, have been known to be the quirkiest of all of the Enneagram types, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is kind of awesome in its own right. Um, but just tons of, of knowledge and wisdom. They make phenomenal teachers and, uh, and innovators. Um, six, which is what I am, is the loyal person. Um, part of the weakness of a six is, uh, in, you know, of all the types on the Enneagram, they're the most anxious. They mm-hmm. tend to worry about what they're going to worry about. And uh, which is my story, but uh, but they're faithful. They're you know when they're healthy, they're faithful, loyal um, uh, leaders and team players, and they'll mm-hmm. do whatever they can to, to to help the mission move forward. Seven is the joyful person. They will light up a room when they walk into a room. Uh, they literally are the embodiment of the good news of the gospel. Just uh, they mm-hmm. just scream celebration and good news. Uh, eight is the powerful person. Uh, when an aide is healthy, they they will really use and steward their power to serve the weak, um, mm. and they have a they have a huge heart for the underdog. And so you'll see eights often. Martin Luther King Jr. was an eight, a very healthy eight. And so mm. you'll see eights fighting for these just causes and these movements and bringing about the restoration of the kingdom. Uh, and so eights are great. Um, nines a nine is the peaceful person, and so my wife is a nine. And um, nines have this, when they're healthy, this amazing ability to be objective and to see all sides of of things and to really bring about peace where there's conflict. And they're just overall a peaceful presence. So if you're in the presence of a nine and you're absorbing their presence, they're just going to make you feel just calm, you know? Mm -hmm. And to my anxiety, I'm thankful that I live with a nine. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... I hope that's helpful, but that's that's a quick yeah. rundown of, of all nine. Yeah, that's so helpful. And I think one of the things that's beneficial about the Enneagram is just to realize, man, these these are the types of people and this this sort of hodgepodge of, you know, from the you know, from the good person all the way to the helpful person and the joyful person, all of that. Uh, those are the people that make up our missional communities. That's exactly you know, right. um and it's so helpful to even just look out or around the room and say, wow, what, what giftedness God has given us um, with each person. And so kind of on that point, you know, you guys have also gotten really, you know, because of your experience personally uh, have gone gone ahead of of many folks and sort of using this within the context of missional communities. So, so guys, I don't wonder if you could now just sort of describe um, what's that like? How have you used this in the context of a community on mission? Yeah, so I'll jump in. Um, when we began talking to Adam about coming on staff here, one of the things he said to me right out of the gate was, hey, before I, I join you on Staff Fellowship Paragold, is I want to 
I want you to take this Enneagram test. So I want I want to know how we can, uh, as healthy as possible, relate to one another well, because obviously we're going to be working closely alongside each other. We want to make sure that our relationship is healthy. And so I took the test and was honestly shocked by the mm. fact that it not only um, provided a lot of clarity for me and how I relate to God, others, and myself, but it also really helped me to understand how growing up in a very loving yet mm-hmm. broken family because all families are somewhat broken right, by sin. Uh, mm-hmm. Help me understand by how growing up in a broken family, it created some wounds that really infected my worship in some ways. So Brad, I know you've been uh, connected with mm-hmm. Soma for a while and uh, anybody who's heard Tim Keller, we all know about the four G's and, and Chester and all those guys who talk about how right behind every mm-hmm. sin is a lie we're believing about God. And we worship our way into sin and out of sin and still wholeheartedly believe all of that. But the Enneagram really personally helped me see how my worship was infected by wounds from the past mm. that were created and how I can begin to deal with that and and take steps forward in my own spiritual formation. And so um, it was out of really that, I guess, experience, personal experience, I thought, man, I want to make sure that all of our members are getting mm-hmm. the same experience and are able to put this tool in their arsenal and use it within the context of their missional communities and fight clubs. And so what we did here is basically, Brad, we, we do a membership renewal every mm-hmm. year. And so we let our people basically raise their hand again and say that they're all in or they're all out on Fellowship Paragold. We have an online form um, where basically we break down our covenant, which is gather, go, grow, give. Won't go into all of that, but there's questions under each one of those. And this year under the grow section, which we're paying uh, it's about eight grand to have Adam train and all this Enneagram stuff. And so he's going to schooling for this, reading tons of books. And so we knew this going into it. So under the grow section, what we included this year was a link to the Enneagram test. And we even mm-hmm. provided for members that we would pay that for them if they didn't want to pay it. It's actually $10 on the, on the site that we use. But people would go on, they would take the Enneagram. And what we did is, is Adam spent really the first, what, three or four months you were here building out these Enneagram reports that have a personal spiritual formation plan that mm. is unique to your personality type. And so depending on if you're a one or two, three, I mean, each one is unique, like I said, to your specific personality. And so we encourage everyone to take the Enneagram test um, and then to work through it um, with their missional communities and, and more specifically and even focus within their fight club or some people call them DNA groups. So basically they're just gospel centered accountability groups, three or four men, um, you know, three or four men or women in those groups working together. And so to kick all of this off, what we did was a, a big two-day, we called it an Enneagram workshop in February. And Adam talked more about the things that he taught on while we were at the workshop. But we had a bunch of desserts and we had food, good food for people and coffee and drinks and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then basically the, the two-day event was a kickoff to help them understand the vision and how we want them to begin to take the Enneagram and begin to apply it and understand it, and use it as kind of this common language uh, among one another so we can understand better how to walk with each other in life on life, life in community, and, and life on mission. Man, I just love how you took that idea and take this tool and began to just give it away to, to everyone in your church. Um, Adam, could you just talk a little bit about more of these tools that you're creating for the community to just help them relate well to God and, and others and themselves as they, you know, are disciples making disciples. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, the, I believe we're going to make this resource available on the saturate website, but um, the two, two huge books that 
I really pulled from, uh, I mean, I read a lot, but the, the two main books that influenced this resource, I love the work AJ Sherrill's done in Enneagram and the way mm-hmm. of Jesus, which was just a great, he did his dissertation in like specific spiritual formation and, and, mm-hmm. uh, I love that resource. And then Rizzo and Hudson, who are also Christian Enneagram critics, and they wrote a book. They wrote several Enneagram books, but the one that's the most accessible is probably a book that's titled Discovering Your Type. And so Mm -hmm. I took these and I just built resources for our people that basically have a general introduction to your type. um, And then that talk about the strengths, which I would consider the the gifts, like the strengths of the, of the true self kind of, this is who God made you to be. When you're healthy emotionally and spiritually, this is what it looks like. This is how you uniquely manifest God's image in your relationships uh, for the sake of his glory and for the health of the church and, 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 and the salvation of the world. So, hmm. and then there's, uh, there's strengths and then there's, there's your weaknesses. These are your particular vulnerabilities um, the unique ways you bear the effect of uh, effects of sin and the fall. Um, and so, and then we kind of talk in there about how you learned this, which is one of the places that Enneagram pushes you to. So there's a section in there about childhood wounds, because here's the, the reality that Enneagram is helping you see is that some of this stuff is, is nature and some of this stuff is nurture. You know, um, these uh, this underlying guilt, fear, and shame, and this kind of defensiveness that we carry, this mistrust is part of that's just nurture. Mm-hmm. We're born into a fallen world. You see this stuff playing itself out in Genesis three. That's just hardwired into us. But then part of that's also nurtured by growing up in a fallen world. And so, um, one of the things that Enneagram helps you do is go back into your story and your family of origin. Uh, and understand how the gospel story mm-hmm. intersects with your personal story. And so there's a, there's a section in there for each personality type that helps them mm-hmm. kind of dig into that. And then we have additional resources that we built to help you uh, understand your timeline mm-hmm. and share your story. And then like Jared said, uh, in these reports, there's also um, a specific spiritual formation plan where there are there's specific spiritual disciplines, some that mm-hmm. are kind of uh, downstream. Uh, what I mean by that is they they flow really naturally out of your gifts. And uh, so fours really enjoy solitude. So one of the spiritual disciplines for a four that's going to really energize mm-hmm. them and we encourage it is, hey, man, enjoy mm-hmm. some silence and solitude. Do that. Um, and then and then there are upstream practices mm-hmm. which will challenge kind of some of the some of the um, weaknesses of your personality. And so we put that in there for each of the nine. Uh, along with a key Bible memory verse for you, and then a tailored gospel expression. Because all of this really is serving the area of gospel fluency. We, we want to help people become more fluent in speaking the gospel yeah. to, the, to the core of themselves. And so there's a, there's a gospel expression for like, here's the gospel that ones need to believe and that twos need to believe in. So for me as a six, I'm, I'm anxious. And I tend to, sixes tend to hide in certain structures or personas that they might build. And so for years I hid, Jerry can tell you, I hid behind Mm -hmm. this mask of Adam, the entertainer. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. I kind of hid behind Adam, the scholar, as I kind of got into Bible school and started to do well there and find out, Hey, I can find my identity here. And, and then I sort of became Adam, the pastor for years. And I hid in Mm -hmm. that uh, mask. And because God is gracious and Mm -hmm. he loves me, he didn't let me keep doing that. And so like the tailored gospel expression for me on my Enneagram report talks about, uh, is it Colossians three where Paul mm. says you're hidden in Christ, you know, 
And that has that has meaning for every child of God. But I'm telling you what, it has particular mm. meaning for a six. If you are an anxious person and you're a six on the Enneagram and you read that in scripture and you read all the passages about God being a rock and a refuge yeah. and a hiding place, I mean, that is life-giving. Yeah. And so what I need more than anything are people in my fight club and for my wife and for Jared and the people I'm in closest relationship with, I need them to constantly preach that gospel to wow. me. Uh, and tell me that, hey, man, you're safe. Mm. You know, you're safely hidden in Christ. Even if everything around you's falling apart, He's holding all things together, and you're safe. And uh, yeah. I realize that's a big answer to your yeah, question, but awesome. we want everybody to. We put these reports together so that everybody can sort of apply this the way I just described. Right. Yeah. And I'm gonna just add to that and just say that, obviously, I think for us to have healthy missional communities, Brad, and you've written about this, and we've talked about it. We need healthy missional community mm-hmm. leaders. And so, you know, we have a missional community leader training every month, and we've worked a lot with our MC leaders. So we've realized a a big reason that MC leaders burn out Mm -hmm. is because they're not emotionally healthy or relationally healthy, right? I mean, they've got really the skills they need, Mm -hmm. but they're relationally, they just don't know what to do whenever they experience conflict. They don't know what to do Mm -hmm. um, with some of the emotions that they're experiencing. They don't know what to do with their own like defensiveness and trust right. issues, and they don't know how to be vulnerable. Like n- none of us really know how to be vulnerable, and yeah. that's a problem. I mean, if you can't be known, you can't be loved. Right. And uh, you know, I, I'm not concerned with loving a false image of somebody. Like I want to know mm-hmm. you, so I can love you. Yeah. And um, and then I want to make myself known so that I can truly mm-hmm. be loved. That's what my soul is longing for. That's what Jesus came to give us. Right. Right. Yeah, and I think so often. I have even in the past kind of assumed, hey, if we just get the right, you know, systems or education or training or whatever it might be, then we'll have these beautiful families or missional families or communities on mission where everyone's just like relating so well. And uh, it took me not very long, you know, thankfully to realize wow, what we're really trying to do, you know, even in, you know, step one discipleship is helping people learn how to relate, like at all. And there's this myth of, if you get a bunch of Christians in the room, you're going to have this, you know, explosive relational, you know, wonderful, wonderful euphoria. And you you don't experience that because it doesn't happen that way. Because like you, like, you know, one of the, the helpful things of the Enneagram shows you is, like you, what we've been talking about is, well, we're kind of born broken. And then so much of even just our very earliest years have informed how we relate to one another and relate to God. And, and so I think, yeah, that's one of the big powers of it too. Um, is that, you know, the other myth out there is that relating to God is easy, you know? Um, and, uh, I can remember, I won't go into tons of details from my own personal uh, counseling with Jim Cofield, but you know that was one of the key moments for me was him sort of reflecting back. Um, you know, you're not like very relate. Like your relationship with God is not is not right because of these things in your life. You know, um, because I think typically what we think of in terms of good relationship, bad relationship with God is about the quantity of prayer times or Bible studies. And it's, sure. oh, I, I did those, so I must have this rockin' relationship with God. And um, anyway, I think that that's why, you know, any tool that we have that can get to that, you know, relational, uh, emotional health 
uh, is going to do so much wonders for for a community or a movement of communities uh, in our towns and cities. And I'm Absolutely. convinced we're going to have to do more work here, not less, because, I mean, obviously the generation behind us is just getting more and more tech savvy, which means less and less FaceTime, less and less relational capacity. Exactly right. And so, or ability to relate well to others. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm even just thinking as um, as we're talking right now of, of Adam, the importance, you know, we have this MC starter guide and what would it look like for us is, you know, we ask our MCs to go through kind of like MC basics every year discussion. Mm-hmm. It's like a seven-week discussion on what it means to be a missional community, a healthy missional community, and probably even incorporating some of this in those discussion guides Absolutely. to where they take the Enneagram if they have not taken it, and then they dialogue over that together, how Absolutely. they relate, and where oh, they yeah. see maybe the you know, the combinations of those. Mm-hmm. Um, which Hudson and Rizzo do fantastic work on that, of how threes relate to nines mm-hmm. or fours relate to ones or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, I just think to ignore, yeah, this component of our society is to, to really... I don't know. I don't want to be too, you know, Fox News-ish or whatnot. Uh, but it really is. <laughs> that works really well here in Arkansas, man. Yeah, I, could be, yeah I just got a, new, a bunch of new fans. Uh, <laughs> but I guess, like, to ignore the relational, emotional health of people of, is to ignore, like, two-thirds of the spiritual war that's happening, I think, uh, in our in our towns and cities and the places that God's put us, because um, I mean, I just just to imagine like a whole, you know, generation of people. Even if you just went to the baby boomers that grew up with dysfunctional marriages that stayed together, but were still you know pretty steeped in dysfunction, uh, and then another generation after that where uh, families just didn't even eat and live together, and and children were basically discovering uh, how. Uh, you know how to discover themselves even like sexually and vocationally and, and they all just did that on their own as peers kind of like a lord of the flies sort of scenario and and we think that oh well we'll just organize people and they'll they'll relate well to god it's like man mm-hmm. i think we're missing a huge component of the war uh the spiritual yep. war yep. uh that that we're really seeking to to bring the gospel. Into. Hey, and to that point, uh, I've been, Gerald will tell you, I've just been stuck on Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Hmm. And, uh, and so something he says there is he, he, um, he talks about uh, being strengthened in your inner being hmm. where, and he, and he talks about that's where Christ dwells by faith. And so what he's inviting us to do is kind of leave the surface level um, you know, place where we tend to kind of live our lives and go down beneath the surface where all this sin and these wounds and mm. idols and dysfunction lives. And by the way, what's awesome is Christ lives in the midst of all that and loves you still. Um, and, but what he wants to do is clean house. And, yeah. and I mean, we can call that sanctification if you want. Um, and so what he, what Paul invites us to do is to go beneath the surface mm. Um, and meet Jesus there. Like when, when you get there, you'll meet Jesus is what he's saying. And he says, this is the key to uh, knowing intimately the love of Jesus. I mean, he goes on and says, this is how you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he's talking about an intimate kind of love, which again, there's that, it's all relational. <laughs> um, and so I think the Enneagram is, is again, it's only a helpful resource because it helps you go beneath the surface. That's yeah. exactly what it's trying to do. Um, and uh, and go to a place where kind of systems and structures can't go uh, and, and go to this place beneath the surface and apply the gospel there. And so um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, then he goes on and says at the very, he closes by saying, you'll be filled with all the fullness of God, which is his way of saying, this is the key to maturity. Like This is how you get filled up and how you grow. Um, and so, yeah, man, I think the Enneagram is helping you dive down, dive down into the depths of you, um, which is where you need to go yeah. to grow. That's good. That's a, that's, I think even a good place to, to wrap up this conversation that that would be, yeah, our prayer. And even as leaders of leaders that, that we'd be praying for, for that to happen in our lives and the lives of those that we're leading, um, with whatever tools necessary, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, just to also kind of wrap up, uh, we will, as you mentioned, Adam, we are going to make that the resource that you guys built, uh, the, the, the tools and the roadmaps for each type, uh, we're going to make that available on the saturate website. So, you know, people can go on to saturate the world.com and, and just even search Enneagram and, uh, you'll, you'll likely be able to pull it up and download it. Um, and, uh, yeah, as well as I'd encourage people to, to check out those books by AJ Sherrill, the Enneagram and the way of Jesus, and also, uh, discovering your type by, uh, Rizzo and Hudson. Uh, those are, those are really great, uh, places to, to go to tip your toes into the water. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. other parting thoughts, guys? No, I don't have any other parting thoughts other than I love you, Brad. <laughs> as a fellow, as a, as a fellow three, I love your effectiveness. Thanks. I really appreciate that as a, also as a three. Yeah. And I'll just say that there's something about you that makes me feel really safe. <laughs> and I'm thankful. <laughs> that's really good well uh yeah this has been such a joy adam we're gonna have to have you you know back on the podcast to to keep talking through these things so yeah thank you guys for your time and and to everyone who's who's listening uh just want to give a shout out that you can send us actually questions uh or topics or ideas for different episodes and what i'll try to do is find the right people that we can sort of engage a conversation with um around that topic so you can send those sorts of ideas to hello at saturate the that's the email address or you can direct message me or anything on on social media to to get a hold of me as well um so yeah thanks for listening and I uh, hope you have a, a good day and a good week as you make disciples who make disciples. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. This podcast is produced by Saturate. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.